Hello Hope Church. It's really great to be with you on this special Good Friday message. Let's pray as we begin. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he has accomplished. And I pray today that we would be encouraged, that we would remember back and rejoice in the goodness of what Jesus has done. Amen. So today is Good Friday. For many people, it heralds in a holiday. That's probably the only thing that they will see as being good about Good Friday. I wonder how you would answer the question, what's good for you about Good Friday? Maybe the answer is nothing. Well, today I want to talk about why Good Friday is really good. Now, to answer the question, we need to go back to the first Good Friday. So we're moving back some 2000 years. This is because the first one defines all the ones that follow. Good Friday wasn't always known as Good Friday, but once people understood its significance, it became known as Good Friday. So you won't find the words Good Friday in the Bible. But the activity of Good Friday is recorded in all of the Gospels in the Bible. I'm not going to cover the whole day, but we will look at some aspects of the evening. You will notice that the story of Good Friday appears to have nothing good about it in it. That is probably the most surprising point about it for all who read. So let's set the scene. Want to bring in some context, especially for people who are not familiar with the Bible. This story is about Jesus. Sorry kids, it's not about chocolate eggs and Easter bunnies. It's about Jesus. By the time we get to Good Friday, Jesus has already been known around Israel. He had burst onto the scene three and a half years earlier at a baptismal gathering that was led by a man called John the Baptist. During this baptism, Jesus came to be baptised. And as Jesus came up out of the water, God spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. At the same time, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus from heaven and he remained on him. John the Baptist had been told by God, the person on whom you see the Holy Spirit come is the Son of God. Now, the Son of God is an Old Testament term that refers to somebody called the Messiah. And the Messiah was the special individual who would save Israel. So I know we have a few terms here that, you know, we're beginning to talk um, about the Messiah and the Son of God, but these are all terms that are in the Bible. So Jesus was declared the Son of God and the Son of God referred to the Messiah and the Messiah was the one who would save the Israelite people. As you know, Jesus is famous. Still today, 2000 years later, many people follow him. You might wonder what made him famous? Now, that is a great question. Jesus became famous for two main things, what he did and what he said. I want to unpack that a little today. Firstly, what Jesus did. The first thing that we need to know is that Jesus only ever did good. And this starts to give us a hint of why it's called Good Friday. We are told in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 10, verse 38, 
and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus did good. The good that Jesus did was to help people. In the Gospels, it is recognised that Jesus did many amazing miracles. Blind people could see again after Jesus had touched him. Lame people could walk. Leprous people were completely cured. Deaf people could hear. And even the dead were raised to life. And then it also says that Jesus freed people who were being oppressed by demons. Now, sadly, today, our Western world in general does, doesn't believe in miracles, nor does it believe in a spiritual world. Although I would guess that far more people believe in a spiritual world than many would have us believe. The spiritual realm believes that human beings are more than just flesh and blood. It believes that we are spiritual beings housed in a body. It also believes in the existence of God. It believes in the existence of angels and it believes in the existence of demons. Angels do good, demons do and are evil. There is much more that we could say about this, but I don't want to focus on that today. The Gospels record that Jesus set people free from demonic oppression. The demonic will always oppress and do evil. Demons will never ever do any good and nor will they do you any good. Every demon recorded in the Gospels had a profound negative effect on human beings. They afflicted people in various ways, blindness, muteness, deafness, and because they dwelled in people, it also caused mental health problems. Now Jesus came and he set people free from all of this oppression. Truly, Jesus was the most good man who ever lived on the earth. Please note that when the verses say that Jesus did good, it also says because God was with him. This was the Holy Spirit who came upon him, as we had mentioned earlier, when he was baptised. And so we recognise that in all of Jesus' actions, he did good. Even those who opposed him, they could not fault his actions. Why then did they oppose him? And this leads us to the second thing that Jesus is famous for. He's famous for, for what he said. Jesus did and said a lot of things. Some of those things are recorded in the Bible. The Bible records all that Jesus said that God wants us to know. Now, here's the challenge. It doesn't tell us everything we want to know, but it certainly tells us everything that God wants us to know. So what did Jesus say? It should be noted as we look at what Jesus said, that people said he spoke with authority. He seemed different. When he said something, it carried weight. Our world is awash with words today. You can switch on the television, you can turn onto the internet, and there are words upon words upon words. And little of it has any authority. And yet everything that Jesus said was spoken with authority. People felt that authority. This was because he was speaking for God. 
His words carried weight because God was behind the words that he spoke. And that's really important to know. Jesus never claimed to be the author of his message, but he stated that he was a messenger of God. He said that his words were actually God's words. This was the start of the opposition that Jesus faced. People didn't like his claim that he was a divine emissary. What made it worse, as we shall see, is that what Jesus said had implications on how human beings should behave and how they should live. People didn't want God saying that, they, that what they were doing was wrong in his sight. And they certainly didn't want God saying that they needed to change their behaviour. So what did Jesus say that caused such a furore? Jesus challenged cultural values. Perhaps his most famous sermon is the Sermon on the Mount, and this highlights it best. The Sermon on the Mount can be found in Matthew chapters 5 to 7. We're not going to read it, but I'm going to just mention some of the topics it covers. It covers every conceivable topic that you can think of. Let me list some of them here. It talks about what God will bless. It talks about what impact our lives should have on our community. It talks about anger and lust. It talks about divorce. It talks about making oaths. It talks about retaliation. It talks about loving your enemies and, and giving to the needy. It talks about how to pray. You get the impression it covers so many things. It is an extensive explanation on how we are to live. Jesus knew that it would be troublesome. He knew that he was speaking counterculture behavior. He often used the refrain in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, you have heard it said, but I say to you. He was illustrating saying, this is what you do now, but God says, this is what you need to do from now on. Of course, people didn't like this. Not only did they not want to change, but they didn't want what they said of, what they were doing as being said it was wrong. Now today, people also don't want to change. Today also, people don't want to be told what you're doing isn't right. What made it worse for many people was that Jesus said, this is what God says. And disobedience to what God says comes with consequences. Now we see these consequences in the news every day, tragedy after tragedy, as people abuse other people because they break the commands that God has given. But there are other consequences. And the other consequence is that the judgment of God comes upon people because of these things. For three years, Jesus traveled, or three and a half years, Jesus traveled all around sharing this message. Some believed it, others didn't. People often ask why God doesn't do something about the evil that is present in this world. The answer is that he has already done something. The message that Jesus brought was God's message. And it means that all of us are without excuse because God has clearly said to us, this is how I want you to live. It also highlights that all the evil in the world is a result of us not living according to how Jesus told us to live. 
if we were to go through the news stories that are in our newspapers or on our televisions and we remove all the stories that are a result of breaking Jesus' commands, there would be practically nothing left. All the evil in the world that people complain about, uh, that they ask God to do something about, he has already told us we should not be doing those things. Some of these evil activities are even sadly protected for people to do by our law. So what happens to those who have broken these rules? It's one thing to say that this is how God expects us to live, but what about those who have already broken those rules? What happens to them? Is there any hope for them? Well, the answer is yes. Now, as with any judicial system, if you do the crime, you do the time. But the question is, what is the time for breaking God's rules? Now, the Bible is really clear here about those who break his rules. They will have no place in heaven with God. So where is this good news? So far, you're listening and saying, Simon, you're saying I'm going to uh, you're going to tell us about what's good about Good Friday. But everything so far seems to be bad news. Well, let me tell you that the Bible says all of us have sinned. Well, you're saying, Simon, this is even more bad news. We desperately need some good news here. And so we move forward three and a half years until we come to this first Good Friday. We are told that Jesus on this Good Friday had a meal with his disciples. There were 12 in total and they had been with him the entire three and a half years. One of those, Judas, still did not believe in Jesus. And by this time, the whole religious establishment of the day was against Jesus. They had control over the people. They didn't like what Jesus was saying, and so they wanted rid of him. Their opportunity came when Judas agreed to betray Jesus. Satan was involved, as we are told, that once Judas had made the decision to betray betrayed Jesus that Satan entered him. And so we find on this Good Friday, Jesus is arrested. However, because he only ever did good, they could find no condemning testimony against him because Jesus was good. So they beat him, they tortured him, and they set him before the Roman rulers. Now, the Roman leader, he examined Jesus, but he also found nothing wrong with Jesus because Jesus is good. But the religious leaders wanted him dead. They persuaded the crowd to insist that he be executed. In the end, the Roman leader gave in and Jesus was tortured by the Romans. And then he was crucified and he died. So now you're saying, hey, Simon, still no good news. It's coming, people, it's coming. Now, Jesus didn't just die, but he also rose from the dead three days later. We're not going to talk about that now. If you want to know more about that, tune in on Sunday when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus. How is any of this good? Jesus did say that this would happen during his previous three and a half years. This was no surprise to Jesus, and it's written there in the Bible for all to see. He consistently spoke about himself, that he, Jesus, was going to pay the penalty for the sin of all people. 
The good news is, here it is people, the good news is that anyone who has broken any of God's commands can be forgiven. Notice I'm using the word can. It is not automatic. How does this come about? Well, Jesus had no sin of his own and therefore his death can be in place and take our penalty for our sin. Now there's a lot that I could say about this and there are many books that have been written but it's just enough today to simply mention that Jesus, his suffering and his death removed our sin. Jesus's death was not in vain. His suffering was not in vain. It was in fact God's master plan to save an evil world. God would come down to earth and live as a man. He would do good but he would suffer. He would be falsely accused and would himself be executed, but he would allow that. Why? So that his death would be accepted by God as a payment for our sins. Everyone who chooses to believe and pledges their allegiance to Jesus has their sins wiped out. That, my friends, is why it is Good Friday, because on this day, Jesus took our punishment so that we do not have to face the judgment if we believed. So today, as you're sitting there, as you're watching this, if you want to know, if you want God to help you about your sin, know that he has done everything possible to remove your sin. Jesus died for your sin. And if you will believe, if you will repent, if you will turn to God, if you will pledge your allegiance to Jesus, the good news is that God and Christ has dealt with your sin. Now, if you would like help about that, if you would like to talk about it and discuss what that means for you, then I ask you to get in touch. But I just want to reiterate the good news on Good Friday. Jesus came. He suffered a terrible ordeal on this earth. He did good. He helped all people. And in the end, he was crucified, he was tortured, and he died because he paid the penalty for our sin so that we do not need to face the judgment of God. And that comes about only when we make a decision to say, I believe, I will follow, and I will pledge my allegiance to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you love us. I want to thank you that you care for us. I want to thank you that you have made a way for us. And I pray for everyone who's listening uh, today. I want to pray that they would know the amazing forgiveness of God as they repent and turn to you. Lord, I thank you that you are the hope of our nation. And this amazing weekend, it just demonstrates the love that you have for us, that you would come and that you would die for us. So Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And we pray that you would work in the hearts of all people in Jesus' name. On Sunday, we're going to look at the resurrection of Jesus. It'll be part two of this, so do tune in. Uh, but I pray you would have a blessed Good Friday. May God be with you. Until next time. God bless you.